Okay, so we're back. It's me, Jenna, the Minimalist Doula, and I'm here again with Natalie Meddings, author of How to Have a Baby and Why Home Birth Matters. And in our last video, we were talking about a concept Natalie writes about in her book called Room One. And today we're looking at Room Two, which is more about what actually is labor. So we were looking at Room One, which is the kind of build-up, and we talked about the normality, keeping everything kind of normal and at ease in your home and kind of ignoring what's going on in your body, really, to maximise kind of pacing yourself and being comfortable for as long as possible. And today we're going to look at what's next. So getting into Room 2, that kind of very established kind of labor train everything's happening everything's going and you're going to meet your baby so I'm going to hand over to Natalie and she's going to introduce this wonderful way to look at labor Natalie yeah um thank you so I I wanted to keep it really simple because I know it's you know not the most economical with words I really thought this morning I really wanted to nail it sort of thing so that people can really imagine the feeling, understand it from a feeling perspective. What does what we call room two, what otherwise you know is normally known as labor, established labor, what does it feel like on the inside? And I would like to invoke this as a midwife years ago taught me this, and she said, Well, it's the big change, isn't it? That's actually where it began, room one, way before you know the journey for me to understand mm -hmm. this more deeply doula so that it could help me to help others mm. started with this midwife and I was I, I never met her actually she was a was on the phone and she said well there's such a massive change it's the big change and that sort of sparked and over the years I've you know you see it for yourself so many times and and my own doula helped me to understand it but yeah so so this is very rarely discussed like we discussed in the first one it, it it's much more normally taught as a sequence a building strengthening sequence and it isn't like that it's much more that when your body decides to release the baby when your body goes into labor that old english phrase of i i went into labor mm. is such a useful phrase and yet it doesn't people tend to think it's the moment you have your first contraction no the old understanding of going into labor was when you have this massive gear shift this massive I, I i tend to say it's like you're not it's not a stage you reach mm -hmm. it's a state you enter it's oh. now oddly it is quite linear in the sense that it's incredibly um urgent and it's very decisive and it's very organized and it's very systematic and it's highly repetitive it's momentum it's impetus it's shove it's ba ba bum ba ba bum and you just said the train of labor now i'm hoping that nobody feels a bit oh really like as if that's a scary thing it is completely the opposite it's the most <sighs> i know what to do now and the rider women know what to do is because they're body is taken over so people describe it in different ways but I suppose a very when you have people who have positive birth experiences and have felt it all from beginning to end they do tend to say that they'll say my body just took over I, I understood it I understood I understood it from that point 
And it's what we said in the first one, isn't it? When we were saying up to in room one, you're still very much your Natalie Jenner self, your Matilda self. Yeah. yeah. But once your body takes over, your this part of you, you know, your rationality, your identity, you, it's still there, but they just switch places. So instead of you running your show and your body feels like it's sort of underneath, as you step through that door, as you cross that, that threshold, which is why we call it room one, room two, you are entering a new room. You are entering a new space. It is a new physical space, a new emotional space. Um, it's a new everything space because actually you've never been there before. I don't think, you know, it's, it's such an altered state of consciousness. Most, most of us have never experienced that depth. You know, um, there's a lovely Russian doula um, and she, she always says, you know, what, takes gurus sitting in a cave for 10 years in silence to achieve women achieve like that as they go into labor you know it's that deep flow state where yourself drops away you become a physical basically like a beating heart the flow of blood the breath everything just coalesces into this one aim which is to get the baby born now, so that is very far from like, oh, isn't that overwhelming? I don't want to be out of control. Is that taking charge of me? What nobody talks about is that that surrender into that flow feels very controlled in a sense because you you trust your body. You know your body's got it. Yeah. So you don't you don't feel, woo, oh my God, it's happening to me. That's how you feel when you're on your back with your legs and stirrups with a bright light shining on you. You know that because now it now you literally are helpless but your own body taking you over doesn't feel helpless it's you so you sort of go ah okay here we go here we go here we go I know this might I don't think I said this in the first one but I can remember getting to the cottage hospital where I was having my first baby like a midwife freestanding midwife center and the journey had been enough that I'd really progressed on the journey I think so by the time I got out of the car I don't say this to shock people. I just think it was, I remember actually giggling. I mean, it's hard to explain because obviously the sensations were intense, but I'll explain what happened. I got out of the car and now when the contraction came, as opposed to 45 minutes before, it knocked me to the floor. Now that sounds really, I don't mean that to be scary. I don't mean, whoa, you know, I fell to the floor. I meant I had to get to the floor. My knees, it didn't matter that it was concrete, that it was a car park, that it was in a, strange you know place I'd never been I had no choice but to get low right and it was literally like a shove like like that now yeah and now why was I not scared of that now I I I am a control freak actually so it's even more of an example of why it was very very liberating was because Mm -hmm. and I can remember I don't remember much the birth because I was still in my oxytocin so in you know oxytocin but I must have just been really getting into it and I remember, I can remember this sort of, this sort of ripple of giggle of like, oh, oh my God, it, 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 like, it knows, it knows what to do. You know, the baby, what does I mean? The, the, the body, the baby. And I remember Danny standing there with the suitcase, with the bags going, are you all right? Because I suppose I was on the floor. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And I sort of scrambled up. And then we got, but I didn't feel at all, um, I didn't feel at all boulderized or overwhelmed. And here's the good thing. From that point, I didn't actually even look up at him or I didn't need him. I didn't want 
any more input. The only person I needed is a bit of input from was from the midwife who gave it. Simple, quiet presence. Her, I remember all I remember is her knees in jeans there, you know, mm-hmm. and just sort of being she's then her being very calm, gentle, and moving slowly, saying nothing. Mm-hmm. So nobody did a thing. I had a hand to hold at the very end. But actually, what's amazing about deep established rhythmic labor is you don't actually need what what you think you need because the flow is from inside and here's the thing labor as opposed to room one and early labor is highly productive it is highly highly um gain 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 you're moving forward yeah so what i mean is the baby's coming right so by the way by that we don't mean pushing we're talking about simple the baby is now pushing through the cervix we're going to explain a bit more in a a minute about actually what's happening now in the early what bit the room one bit that's much harder because you don't know how long it's going to last it's a bit of a bellyache it's it's pain without gain it's apparently you know it feels like it, it does it's not going anywhere yet you don't know so you've got more to manage once you can feel your baby releasing from your body and you literally do. I mean, it might, it, it's not every contraction, but every so often you feel more and then you feel more, more, and then you feel more, 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 I would say, you know. And that's how you know you're in labor because you don't go backwards. It's like there's just change every so often. Yeah. So let's just specify for first time mums that we can't say how quickly, but you will feel forward motion or rather downward motion. Yeah. And that will happen every so often for a second time, third time mum it's pretty much every other contraction, if not every contraction, you will feel change once you're in this state. So that we, we, we probably should discern, you know, distinguish that because certainly once you're in labour, um, second time, it's, it's very decisive. It rich, literally just goes, it, I mean, I put my polar neck on specifically today. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's that second time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> first time mom is a brand new polar neck jumper sorry for all of those who've seen this a million times but it's a brand new polar neck jumper that you've got out of the plastic and this is so you've got this is the cervix like that and it takes that room one room one room one room one but just like the second time mother once you get to there that happens you know the baby is is you know the cervix is drawing up over the baby's head in increments and the power and momentum and flow of that, which we call room two, is a word I dredged up from my older school days, conductive. Mm. It's electrical almost. It's a, it's a circuit board. There's nothing for you to do anymore. And I always hear from my mums, room two is easier, like you were saying, you were talking about room one being it's harder room two I always hear that they said once I found my flow once I found my rhythm I could get into it and I could relax into it because I knew what was coming and I you know you see these beautiful little rituals in birth you know different women do different things you know they might pace the room or you know whatever they're doing but they just find a rhythm to their contractions and they just get into that rhythm and that flow. And every, every, almost every like debrief after birth, they always say, 
that bit was easier. And you said, you don't think it's going to be like that because you're like, oh, hang on, they're growing in intensity. They're getting bigger. That's going to be harder. But it's not because like you said, your thinking brain's dissolved and you're, you're in your body now and you trust it. And like you say, it just feels so natural. Which is, which is why I think it's important because given we're talking about birth in hospital, my feeling is the reason birth has become so complicated for so many is the body is striving to enter room two. The body is, for, no, of course, but it's like the mother, we're going to talk about disturbing this flow, but because she can't quite surrender because of she might be put on the bed, she might be more agitated or aroused by the environment, she is held in place. She cannot dive in so easily. It's almost like a break. So what happens is she ends up in this tussle between one and two rooms the first and second room where she's trying to go into labor and she will get there she will get to the point where her baby's literally pushing out but it's like you make a meal of it in fact you make a mess of it because you make room two so labored (laughs) sorry you get you make it too long and drawn out because you don't let the woman dive into her deep deep altered state michelle o'donnell calls it he does say in a way this is not intentional it's nobody you know, doing this on purpose in, in a malign way at all. It's just system pressure means that almost like it's a gatekeeper, it almost prevent the system, just standard maternity care, unadapted, stops women from entering that state and kind of, the, it's like a gatekeeper on it. And he calls it pathways to transcendence in the sense that what the mother reaches in labour in room two is quite a transcendent state. You said just now you don't care, you, the women feel like they've got it and everything. But let's look at that, why that is. Nature is so generous, you know, because, and so clever and intelligent. Our bodies are so intelligent that things with deep rhythm are manageable. So once you're in room two, which is, we should probably return to the standard telling of that, which is the regular contraction thing, right? Unfortunately, most people are already counting, counting, counting room one, like we've said. Now, you ignore that. Now that you're in labor, you don't need to count, right? Clearly, because this is why we always say don't count with apps and stuff before, because it doesn't mean anything. Once you are in labor, you also don't need to count because it's on the money. Ba-ba-bum, 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 ba-ba-bum. What's to count? You know, it's on the money. And here's the thing. It's so, the engineering is so precise that you will have a way. How amazing is it that contractions come every two minutes on the money? I mean, for most people, the occasional person won't. And some people may have it. You hear that a lot. Oh, I only had contractions every five minutes. Why is that? It'll still be regular, but that they'll just have almighty gusty contractions that are doing the same job every five minutes. I've even seen seven minutes. Um, that does sometimes happen. But the point is there will still be a rhythm of sorts. Again, very, very occasionally, some women don't have a pattern, but I think we have to talk from the vast majority. Contractions will now be not only coming on the money every couple of minutes, which is irrelevant, the minutes. It's, it's the fact that your body is being played like an instrument. It's literally, you know, there's pattern, rhythm, syncopation. It's like a metronome, you know, bump, 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 bump. Now, because it's a metronome, you can read it. And once you can read your own body and you, you, you let it take you, you then can cope. Why can you cope? Because you can anticipate 
and move with it. Like you can, you can rise as it comes and then you can release as it falls and you can rise and fall. You've got, you can use your breath, your comforts, your rituals. There are many things moving when, like we're going to talk about comforts, but when it comes, I do this, you know, i.e. I have a cold flannel on my forehead. When it comes, I do this. Yeah, I um, you can't see my hands, but you might bang out. So I've seen women do this, you know, or like you said, I'm, I think we both know there was a woman we both supported years ago. You, you were her doula, but I sort of knew her. And she just walked the length of the, of the labour room and back. So there. With her and, eyes closed. With her eyes closed. Yeah, trusting that her body, but she needed to move. It was a rhythm. It was a ritual. So once you can know it's coming in, and here's the extra amazingness. It only, it always lasts the same length. It's as if God knew what minutes were. I mean, how weird is that? I always think that's weird. <laughs> why, why is the contraction of 60 seconds? <laughs> is, that, is that me being really stupid? But like, the body doesn't know time, does it? I don't really understand that. Do you yeah, see what I, I mean? Well, maybe we invented time then. We invented time through our bodies. That's how they started. It, maybe, yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> how come it's a minute? I mean, so forget that, oh, contractions are lasting 45 seconds or a minute, all those external frameworks that we talk about. You will know when you are in labor-like train, you know, like you said, that deep flow, because it takes, um, you get to understand what a minute feels like, because you know it's about nine breaths, 10 breaths. You know it takes you the length of the room. You know it takes you 12 or 15 sways or something people just get into these very systemized rhythms that, that that support their body and you almost don't need anybody you want to feel safe and you want to feel um like you're in a safe place with safe care and that somebody's looking out for you but really you just need your cave your cave protected and i think uh, at this point as well distractions have even more disruption don't they like when you're in that deep state of flow I remember one of my gorgeous mums and she was just this small bit of her forehead was touching her husband just there and he was not allowed to move a millimeter if he just like moved she's like what did you do you know it was like for some reason resting her forehead on his was what she needed that was her rhythm and he was not allowed to move you know it's like you just want to keep and that's what we're talking about in room one about we were saying about busy in room two, you're, you are so fully absorbed and concentrating. Yeah. And that is why any disruption or distraction throws you off because you're, you're concentrating in that rhythm. And like you said, you can't think about anything else. You're just in your body and it is taking you. And, and you that's just need to go with it, don't you? You just need to follow it, follow your body. So in that, I, was I always get this muddled up, but I want to say it clearly because it's a relief to say it <laughs> for me, because I always go, this is crazy. Let's look at the complete back to frontness of what happens standardly in pregnant, like if you're pregnant and how old maternity runs. Currently how it stands, women, parents, couples, whatever, they tend to really, 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 really focus on the bit when they shouldn't be focusing right as in because you're at home and you're like timing and there's this sort of get my ball out get my affirmations up burn my candles i get it but it's we've, they've been taught by natural birth sort of techniques to sort of really set themselves up 
plus which because they're at home alone without good support husbands suddenly stop going to work you know or partners don't go to work it's suddenly I'm you know like we said the other day it's the playlist the films it's all this kind of very studied choreography of it right and then when they go to hospital and labor's in play labor's begun they're totally distracted and everybody's trying to distract them and it's the complete opposite of what that now they do need to focus they've got a new setting people talking being measured being monitored the lady next door moaning um as it you know the the, the sound of a radio um just the sheer public setting itself making them feel you know multiple distractions you know it's crazy we need to be completely the opposite it, it, it's it's total as much distraction as you can do and as much normality as you can do and as much um just listen and if you if it asks you to have a hot water bottle do but otherwise you don't do anything you don't time it you don't arrange yourself you don't keep people at home if you've got period cramps why on earth is your partner at home like you know you wouldn't do that normally or you know you don't sit there waiting for it to to build that kind of thing right you literally ignore it then when your body draws as you said into that thing it's that it's like now I remember, like you're saying, I remember a woman who, although most people have their eyes closed, she would open her eyes for the wave and stare at a, the silver of the kettle in her kitchen and stare and stare and stare at the stainless steel. And then when it, the contraction passed, she would close and go into a really deep rest. And then the contraction would come in and she'd stare and stare. She was, it was forensic the focus is forensic it's like it's like um you know uh fiber optic i mean you know like isn't it and you can feel that when you're a doula you can feel it like the don't move don't move thing i've had people maybe squeeze my index finger or um you know just there just there just there like when you press on just the right point or something like that but actually mostly it sounds i've got a brilliant one listen to this uh there's a wonderful doula and she told me this, um, that she was in, in the person's sitting room and she's in a nurse, been a, been a nurse and a midwife for a decade. So I think she must have had that very, like my midwife was, very like, yeah, yeah, you're fine. The woman was on the sofa and she had this, you know, she had this very easy birth. And afterwards, the, 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 she said, oh, you know what helped me most? This is so funny. The, the doula was sitting at her dining room, t- her table, reading the newspaper. Mm. Wow, this one was laboring. And you know when you got this, like that, oh, and you yeah. turn the newspaper, this woman said that the most powerful comfort in her labor was watching her turn the page, like that. Yeah. The sort of soothing nature of someone just distracted with a newspaper, but listening in, knowing she was well. She read in that woman, she read in the doula's movements such she drew from it such reassurance, such certainty, such safety, because it's like she wouldn't be reading her stars and her horoscope and having a coffee, would she, if it was something wrong. So she managed to shrink all of that understanding down. Everything is fine. Everything is normal. By that, you know, it was that casualness soothed her and her focus became entirely on the turning page, for example. You know what I mean? It is unbelievable the things that will soothe you once you're in labour. But it's, it is to explain, really, our main message for today, I'm hoping, is it's very, very simple. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it is. Once you're in that state, like you say, if you can just stay in a place of trust, your body will do it. Literally, it will take over. And that's why, like you said, some women describe it and they go, my body just did it. You are letting your body for maybe the first time in your life run the show. Because you've always had your body, but we live so much in our heads. All you're doing is letting a different part of yourself take over. And it's not fearful. It feels completely natural to be in your body once you're there. We're just not used to it. So it's just that shutting down. I I wonder if this is a bit um, inappropriate. I hope not. And I've always wanted to say it. Say it. Okay, so everyone compares birth and say about the orgasm and oxytocin and stuff like that. Mm. I think a more interesting analysis for women, which loads of women could understand, is how boring, difficult and unsatisfying sex is when you feel, how do I look? Mm. You know, like, as in, like when, when, when you're worried about what you look like, there's about a zero chance of an orgasm. There's about, you know... Um, that uh, that coming to that you feel when suddenly you feel, I mean I hate who cares gives a shit about fat bits and everything but you know say say you have that in you and there's that body consciousness which I would say probably 99% of women feel you know at some point in their adult life they would have had an encounter like that where they felt self-conscious we all know that feeling of how instantly unerotic that could feel and how unsatisfied it's just gone it's gone you're in your mind and now it's a bit of a stage play, right? The partner might not know that, but you know, but it's we love. have sex. We have sex emotionally, don't we? We yeah. we have sex emotionally, and men are more physical. Mm-hmm. If our emotions are not relaxed, that's a good analogy for the disturbance because it's yeah. so easy to disturb a woman in in sexual in when, when making love. She will just so easily drop out if she's mm. disturbed. But when you get older and you stop worrying. <laughs> <laughs> and also and i know you might think i'm old-fashioned but i'm a big fan of it you know like i can remember my sort of young woman self like what the hell was i doing i made it i short changed myself so much because you're <laughs> whereas if you just turn the lights out stop thinking about it whoa the bliss of that the yeah. deep bliss of flow in sex is the same as this you can't expect to give birth fully powered if you don't let your body take over to let your body take over, you cannot watch and wait. You have to let the involuntary take over. Should we break down a little bit more anatomic? I mean, I don't know that it's of interest to people. I don't really want to overanalyze it, but I think it's interesting for those who like quite like to get it in the more yeah. detail. Yeah. So I just thought of the words. Yeah, I thought it was interesting to sort of look at actually what is happening. So, so we said I said the the pull of the the, the pollen, but let, let's just analyze that more. So. Uh, room one early labor has got you to a point where your cervix is all give it's like it's just chewing gum it's literally in fact it's somebody said it's it's your it's your lips you know it's like it's gone from firmness to so it's like that and but here's the most important people but don't people don't understand they so understand cervical dilation as a whole opening up like this whole oh, 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 nightmare to imagine it like that effortful uh counterintuitive just feels so hard work right it's the baby's weight as you process towards that tipping point that key point that threshold that doorway you've got 
hand in glove. You've got baby now weighing so heavily, like we said in the first one, on what is now an incredibly yielding thing, a givey, yielding, thin, stretchy. And it gets almost, I mean, I don't know whether you experience it, but when I hear what people have been told by, you know, in, in midwife meetings or at sessions, it gets mentioned like a sort of puff, you know, like as if it gets lost, you know, but, oh yeah, you know, that's your baby. How does it get described? It's almost as if it's slightly irrelevant. What's an amazing thing to imagine that and understand that your baby's sheer weight, right, creates this beautiful, uh, cyclical, virtuous circle. So thin, stretchy cervix, heavy, heavy baby. Heavy baby, this, that pressure ups the hormone, which causes the contraction, which drives it down. As it drives down, it stretches more. As it stretches more, it drives down. As it drives down, it stretches more. As it just, sorry to be boring, you know, you've got this, right? And as well as the weight and the mechanics of this, this give, see what you see there, like that give and the baby coming through. The more that builds, you've, I hope I don't scare people when I say it's a car on a hill with a handbrake off, you know, but, but because I don't mean it's like running away with you, you know, it's just downhill motion. It's yeah. like, you know, it's there's it's, over, isn't it? It's going to go. Yeah. There's just yeah. Boom and shove. Yeah. And that's how it feels. It feels urgent. It feels decisive. It feels propulsive. It feels conductive. Da -da -dum, like that. And here's the most amazing thing, of course, is that that's the metric. That's the metronome is that once your bob, once the baby has found its way, it's found its rhythm, you have the contractions reach pitch point. They, 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 they are absolutely like a machine. Now, here's the bit that's so rarely analyzed. I think in hypnobirthing, they analyze this very well. But as the oxytocin reaches pitch point, as the baby's motion, downward motion, reaches max flow, as the cervix gives way, all of that's happening at once in this beautiful symphony. What's the thing that tops it? Endorphins go through the roof. So you have this amazing circuit board. So that's also why people don't struggle so much in labor because you are now being fed back this amazing... Um, natural yeah, pain relief. Of yeah, yeah, natural pain. Now, I don't mean... I think a lot of people imagine there's no pain. I, I don't think that's entirely true. There's still incredibly immense extreme sensation. But in the rest, after you've done the work... And you do go, oh, there's another one. Oh, blah, blah, blah. We're gonna, I thought it'd be quite interesting to make the noise actually in a minute. But anyway, but then as you come back down, oh, down to the rest, you are soggy with this. You are sedated with this deep, this endocrinal gift, you know, of, of opiates that are, you don't give a crap. You know, you're just absolutely, I've seen women, I remember a woman saying to me, I feel like I'm in Thailand. <laughs> you know, like she was like on some she's like you know how many people have we seen in birth pools just floppy like yeah yeah, just, yeah. Oh. yeah they're just so, and they love the tiniest trickle of water down their back or they love the cold or you know the, the feeling of an orange segment as it explodes in their mouth or something like that these things they're so highly sensitive instruments so they really soothe them now mm -hmm. and i think the reason they're getting a heightened experience of a clementine exploding in their mouth is because they're in the, the neuro, neurologically receptors have opened up in their brain. That's a 
basically like a kind of massive high. I mean, you are you are effectively in a who know. I mean, I'm not a neurologist, but I think if they were to shine a really deep light on what women look, they have done it, haven't they? I mean, women are in another place in that sense so that's also what's supporting this deep flow so it's such a shame that this is the bit women are maybe a bit cautious or even fearful of oh but the pain you know the pain is it's irrelevant because now your body lifts you up and over you know your body takes you through it we're doing this closer look won't we so that's anatomically we've also just discussed emotionally and and neurologically yeah there's a sort of sense that you are able to cope now because of this and because anatomically and mechanically your body is now on max thrust you know it's fully powered you are rewarded gifted by your body with an endocrinal thing a sort of circular you're basically getting what you need and that puts you into a good emotional state that means you can cope so it's this beautiful dance. It's when people call it a dance, where it all sinks. It is useful for partners to know how this looks and also a few other sort of bits to it. So I, because you're on full steam ahead, you now, a good marker of strong room two labor is you start stripping off clothes. You get this great heat and it's not a sweaty heat. Like it's not, it's a furnace. It's, it's this machinery that we're talking about. And when we're at home with I mean, occasionally some women do feel chilly to the end, some, but most people will end up going for a bath or a shower because to, for relief, and then they don't want to get redressed and they would not be getting under a duvet. I've occasionally seen it, and that's other reasons that can be positional and stuff. But in full, I'm approaching my, you know, that you're sort of sick. I mean, if I, you know, I hate the numbers, but like if you were to really look at it, seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, you're really opening now. Your body's working so hard and the response is the blood, you know, you're hot. That kind of around the shedding moment, I don't know. I, and I always think this, every single birth I've ever attended, I think how stunning the women are. And I don't mean that in a like, you know, a, a look sense. I mean it in this like energy and aura and power. And they're like, they've never been so free. I think there's a freeness with shedding all that bullshit we carry as women. Like you say, worrying about how you look when you're having sex, it's gone. It's all just gone. And you're just with your body and your baby. And there, there is, there is a glow. And maybe that's the heat and the endorphins and the oxytocin. But I think it's more than a glow. I think it's a glitter. Oh. I think you glitter. Like it's like this. You're it's, like, it's cause I, eyes glitter like, and skin. Yeah got this sheen on it yeah and and and, you know the skin here on the breasts and on it's like everything's just yeah goddess stuff like you're you're saying like electric and it is the goddess it is Mm. it is incredible it is I mean we're so lucky as doulas to witness that all the time because it is beautiful and I always think if you could see that every woman would want to birth you know every woman would want the experience yeah. Because it is an experience to be had, and it doesn't matter about the pain. It doesn't matter, you know. It's not something not not a pain in a scary pain. It that is irrelevant. You would not want to miss out. Do you know? Yeah. What I mean? You would. You want to go through this. You want to glitter. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's like you remember in the business of being born that great film by Ricky. Yes. Yeah. And she says, um, she says, it's like going to the moon and back. And if we have to debate the relative merits of that, mm-hmm. where are we as a society? You know, 
it's yeah. literally you're going to the moon and what yeah. what is there to debate you know don't be fearful it is an ex it's a privilege and an honor mm. and in fact actually there was a woman years ago who said to me quietly we're just driving home from from a group that we'd gone to and she very quietly had her hands in the lap and she looked down and she she said you know i i really feel like it's a privilege this i, I feel really like I'm so lucky, you know, that I've got this chance to do this. And it was no surprise to me that she had this very, you know, it's very simple birth. And because she just didn't, she just, yeah, and she really owned that and inhabited that and, and, and just, yeah. I don't mean we should be grateful, but we should know our own power because it's and, just. And yeah, and enjoy those feelings, those deep, mm. intense feelings of having your baby. Mm. You know, it. It is, it is incredible. If we can get in that mindset and not kind of, you know, obsess about contractions and pain and timings. And if you can get in that mindset of just the beauty. Hey, let's let's analyse that. Actually, there's something we weren't going to discuss, but it's worth throwing in, given what you've just said. That sometimes in I hear a lot of people get taught um, about transition and there's a very old fashioned way that's taught, which is right. I'll just do it right there's this moment in labor okay and it's you know you're really getting there you're really towards the end they say but um it's a tra transitional point where you are, will feel strangely you might feel frightened for a moment you might want to give up it feels all of it overwhelming it's, it, and it can sound a bit negative right mm -hmm. and there's two things i want to say about that which is why i never teach it is one that fear that you see women going through is it fear or is it is it they have reached a pitch point there's no denying it and the, the contractions are coming all the time thick and fast true but when she says i can't do it you don't understand there's a moment she doesn't even know she's saying that and and, and liliana my dude had taught me that you if you don't say anything she the, the test is she's not looking for an answer she's not looking why if you if you if you then jump in at the moment if you're in at that moment you hear it quite a bit sometimes in birth rooms possibly when a carers or midwives and or even partners who haven't experienced that feeling often go don't worry it's fine you're doing fine and it's I understand it I understand why it's taught as something to watch out for but all of this does is it's irrelevant it's irrelevant the mother is passing through that unknowingly it's physiology it's involuntary she's what's happened is she's reached her absolute apex and, and there is a moment at that point when the baby's deep in the bottom and is about to start pressing down and through where she has, she does feel a bit like, I suppose, you just don't want to break it down because she passes through it. It's, it's inevitable. It's irrelevant because it's inevitable. So I'm not even sure it's worth explaining it as a conscious, oh, there's a fearful moment or, because people get quite worried about it, I think. But, but it's like, there isn't, it's not fear like that. It's an, it's a physiological depth that Michelle O'Donnell says it is the transcendent moment. You explode into the universe effectively. You're, you're basically at that point, Harry Potter style, <laughs> life just courses through you and your body goes, yes. And then this baby starts coming. And so you have to go over the top. Yes. But is it a fear? It, it may sound like that to us in words because the mother says, I can't, I don't want a baby anymore. I hate you or whatever. She might say funny things, but it, you know. It's that moment we talked about, didn't we, where you face yourself 
you turn in that moment and you're you're like, I can't do it. And you're like, you can. But you're waiting for your own reassurance. That's yes. a powerful yes. moment. You're reassuring yourself. I can remember it so vividly with Mabel. I had to regather myself, you know, and I remember kind of going, fuck, <laughs> in the moment. And then I could, no one spoke to me. I regathered myself. And then I just remember her coming and like, and I remember really vividly white light. My eyes were closed, mm. but I remember really vividly just this, maybe this is too much for some people, but I remember it, just a burst of white light as her head came out. Um, and because it, it is, it is so powerful. I mean, you're bringing, you were bringing human life. We're going off on one a bit because I'm really feeling this room too. It's such a powerful state. It's so, it's so incredible. But I think something we probably need to look, go back over a bit is, um, we were going to talk about the key and you were going to break down that kind of, so how do we keep, you know, if you get into room one, room two at home, how do you stay in room two as you move mm. through to hospital? Um, mm. You know, so I, I think we should talk about that. But mm. in terms of, we were talking earlier about, I was drawing little keys on my note paper, sort of room one to room two and thinking. Don't show your picture. <laughs> Oh, well, that one, that was my simple one to show a kind of different trajectory of like a linear labor and then thinking room one and then sparkly room, glittery room two. But this is my note paper. <laughs> it's my terrible key. My terrible key that Mabel said it looked like a donkey. <laughs> but I was thinking and I wrote around the key. <laughs> I wrote... Safety, privacy, love, they are, they are, you know, what gets you from that normality and ease and kind of things are happening, but maybe, maybe not into room two. And it's all the things that, you know, we talk about as doulas and actually that is where hypnobirthing is good because they talk a lot about feeling unobserved, feeling safe, not being, you know, disturbed or distracted, lots of oxytocin. And, you know, that's what's going to unlock that door. But if you want to sort of... Yes, let's go into, let's picture that. When I do this with mothers, I, I literally yeah. slow it right down to picture it. So let's imagine you are starting to feel this acceleration, this intensification. Let's picture it. Yeah. By now, you've probably moved to a quieter, darker, more private space in the house. You're unlikely to be still lying on the sofa. Um with the telly in the background, that's not going to be happening. You would have just found yourself maybe having a shower, certainly probably in the bedroom. And why you have found yourself there is because that those deep drivers have taken over and your body's told you to take yourself to a private space. It's told you it's it, like we were saying in the first one about hunger and it's a signal from your body to seek out protection. Let's go through that. So you'll be feeling more heat, more rhythm you are now almost inevitably, very rarely I hear women not, will be now making a much more, um, I thought I'd make the noise actually. I was practicing it last night in the car. And so, so I like, like noises, do a noise. So I was thinking that it's not that when you know women are still, they've got strong contractions, but maybe real money, is they're a little bit readier. It's, it's a, and by the way, this isn't a judgment of it. I always think it sounds like you, this isn't about you need to get to the stronger stuff. It's that your body's only responding as necessary so earlier ones are more like hmm 
Ooh, and it's that, right? But labor sounds are much more ooh, like, ooh, like here. Ooh, it's, it's why can you hear the bottom of me? It's because I've literally, it's coming from a, he, a heavier space. Like my body is starting to do this. As it's, the reason it's doing this is because the baby's doing this. So you're basically you're spreading, right? So as so what is labor? Labor is as we said the baby sinking. As it starts to fill the pelvis, there is almighty pressure starting to build first at the front, round to the hips, then into your lower back, and eventually into your rectum, your bottom. You feel it there. That even passes actually as it comes down and round, and you start to feel expulsive. So it's a process of filling up and deepening in depth. And your, when we say your body, you, you know, it plays your body like an instrument. I was at a birth a couple of weeks ago where the vibration at the end was almost like surround the sound. That's how powerful her. That, but that, I mean, I know you might sound weird. I have to do it because I want to show people. I hope that doesn't sound scary to people. It, it just does it on its own. It's an immensely amazing, securing feeling because it's doing it by itself. So you've gone to your bedroom and you are now probably needing much more release through the voice. It's just going to happen. You will also find yourself in positions that you didn't decide on. You aren't now consciously arranging yourself on the birth ball like this and bouncing. You are now just sort of flung on your bed, just rising and falling with the surges. You might be you know, holding your husband's hand, partner's hand, doula's hand, and, you know, or uh, hanging off the headboard of your bed or knees are on the floor, leaning on the bed. But you didn't put yourself there because you thought that was a good position. You have just, your body's just doing it. So you've got the positions, you've got the noise, you've got the heat, you've got the growing pressure um, and the intense rhythm. Now, as you can hear, this is why most of the problem with hospital is that if people knew that's how deep it was, I think, and that, that's the beginning of, you know, active labor, room two. I think, they, I think people underestimate what labor is. So what they do is they, they go to hospital quite way shy of all this because nobody would dream that the hospital meant you to go in at this point. And, and also nobody equips you of how to. You know, because if you are in this deep flow state, you're going to need to really think about how we just said, how to keep that going, how to keep it protected, mm -hmm. how not to put the brake on it or disturb it. So this is where these videos we try with these films, we're trying to show you how if you are going to have to have your baby in hospital for whichever reason, it is absolutely vital that you that you have the stuff ready. So here's the first thing before we talk about leaving, we have to think about let yourself find that flow so don't think oh i'm in labor let's go right labor is five centimeters four or five centimeters you've still got a while people say but what if i get caught short you could if by chance somebody listening to this felt every contraction was just more and more and more you will just go you follow your feelings it's still the same what we're the messages we're sending i'll listen to your body if you are feeling huge progress quickly 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 you will know to go but if what you're feeling is change every now and then, allow your body, first of all, to find its momentum, its rhythm. Because if you were to suddenly leave right now, 
it's, it's only just crossed that yeah really, and, and it can sort of go shy like you said about it don't scare hoxitocin it can kind of go what what's this car what's this light what's this track well there's no traffic at the moment but you know what i mean yeah what's this new thing you're bringing me to i you know when you see any animal giving birth i've I'm watched my cat i didn't watch my cat giving birth i watched her disappear into her dark tiny corner the if i had dragged her out at that point and made her give birth in you know in my in my sitting room it, i know that would have been dangerous we know that yeah for cats dogs sheep we know it would be weird to take an animal out of the place they found and focus on them they would freak out right their body, by the way, is not, and this is the same with women, your body is not a threat to you. You know, disturbance is a threat to you. Now, you may now be thinking, well, what am I going to do? I've got to go to hospital. You can do a lot. We do it all the time as doulas. It's not complicated or hard to, to keep a woman in her, in her flow state, but it needs a bit of preparation and it needs to be to hand immediately. Okay, so... The first thing is you don't just, how do you not disturb? By not jumping the gun. You just first, just find your way. A bath could be good. If the bath slows it down, you aren't ready. If the bath keeps it going, great. Your mouth now soothed and your momentum's building. You, I can't give you a set amount of hours, but I would say you want to make sure that there's that, or certainly partners do, want to make sure that there's increase. There's, there's more and more and more you know there's no going back that feeling okay um then that point comes when you you just know you just say you you are conscious enough to say you know you're not out of it you can say i think we should go now but you have to find that confidence as you said turn to face yourself it's like um you know if women know it like you said in the first one you said they just know it you said that they they don't go shall we go i'm not sure they just let's go at which point a couple of practical suggestions. You are very likely naked by now, or certainly in a state of undress. It might have even been you're in the night and you're wearing night clothes. Mm -hmm. So you want to have, you don't want trainers and bras and complicated clothing. I mean, I'm personally, if I could put a ban on leggings in labor, oh my goodness, Mm -hmm. tight, lycra leggings, a lot of people have. It's the worst thing to peel those on. You need a very easy thing to throw over your head um, or loose your you know, loose, what are those trousers called? A elasticated waist, yeah, you know, baggy trousers, wide leg thing, yeah, or a big, big shirt or something. Yeah. Uh, you need um, very warm socks and literally sliders or crocs or flip flops or not trainers. You can't start lacing up. You need to just cut shoes that are on like that. You need to be warm. So I allot yourself a labour blanket. If you are going to hospital, you need. This is my my one, you know, like a a, a nice so, because she feels immediately wrapped, you know, like that feeling of like that. Do you know what I mean? It's like a kind of. You know what? Funny you say that. Can I just say something? I was thinking about just this last night, but I was thinking about it in terms of new babies. But it also applies for a woman in labour. You know that feeling when your arm drops out of bed. And you go into that mindset of a kid where you think there's monsters or sharks. <laughs> like, you know, do you know that feeling when your arm or your leg fall out of bed and they hang? And it feels vulnerable. That is the exact feeling. You don't feel safe until you're snuggled back under your duvet. Mm. Like that bit just hanging out. It just feels weird. There's too much space and air and I don't know. But I thought that's just what a baby loves. And that is what you love in labour. It's that... 
closing in on you. It's holding. You're holding yourself, aren't you? In a blanket, you're holding your own space for yourself. It's very exposing. You have to remember that, you know, like if you, I, if you just kind of go out because you are hot, so people often just have like a little brari top or something, but and then they put a coat on it. It's hard. It's not. Um, you need enfoldment and foldment and folding anyway also you are quite hot so you probably wouldn't have a coat and this but but something like that then and this is something that's like standard doula practice but it's you need some kind of you can either use if you really don't like this like a toweling robes hood people have a toweling hoodie or a hoodie but doesn't quite create it's that's hot and these um so can you see the thinness of this it's like a sarong yeah and just a, a sort of sorry to do all these strange de demos but you know that's something like this because what you do is you create an instant look at this tent yeah. you know and i'm if so if you are in uber or even if you're in the back of the car um with your partner driving it just means that you are not looking up and out at the road especially since this corona this is about the corona thing you know the strangeness of the world out there a lot of women will not have gone out in the last few weeks and it might feel even more strange to be out you don't want to even look up I, I remember i just was on all fours in the back seat and i did not look up and i was just and so by the way partners if you are driving partners need to put two pillows in the back seat um you then when the time comes to leave you just slide in the back you're either lying on your side you can either be leaning forward you could hold the back of the headrests and be upright some people like that or they turn around and face backwards to the back of the car yeah. but what you have to do is find a position first that you're going to manage in because don't just sort of certainly don't ever get into a car with a seatbelt and it's a very good measure of labor actually because if you can get and sit down like that with a seatbelt then you couldn't be in labor there's no way a woman in labor in room two could sit with in a seat with a seatbelt if you can just turn around and go back because I mean, occasionally, maybe second, third, fourth time mums might manage that. But certainly if you're if you're getting into that deeper state, your body, your pelvis needs to be free because it would be too too uncomfortable, wouldn't it? And you couldn't get that inside. So you find your position. You're very warm. Your eyes are shielded. Now, some of our mothers that we support would have an eye mask even on top of that. But I can understand. I personally would find that kind of, although I, I suggest them, I do find them a bit. Uh, uh, claustrophobic but as they put them on and then as they leave you know they just have them up a bit so they can maneuver them because so don't forget you can think act walk do you can do everything there is no incapacitate you, you, you people don't think you're when I said I fell to the floor I don't mean I couldn't stand up I just meant there's force to it now so you just need to protect that force don't let the force go you know, let, let it keep flowing and the way you do that is by by being comfortable and protected and able to still turn inside so um what's the other thing so i mask and then i i do love bio ears which are those silicone earplugs again some people don't like the feeling and there is it's personal but if you have if you have things to hand the shawl a blanket um earplugs and an eye mask because also if some people might want an epidural later actually an eye mask is invaluable if you have an epidural to go to sleep so if people did have that sort of route they wanted to they want to or they have to have an epidural you must 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 take advantage of being able to rest and it's very hard to sleep in a hospital it's like a bit like heart it's like sleeping in an airport eye mask 
you're off, you're off like that. It just kind of relaxes your eyes back into, it just softens the muscles around the eyes. So it's useful for that anyway. And also earplugs. It doesn't mean you can't hear when you need to hear, by the way, in case I was, I worry that midwives think it's about not listening. That a mother will listen and can listen. Of course she can hear, but it allows her to just draw when she needs to. It's when she doesn't need to. And if she's feeling internal messages that says, my baby's coming, my baby's coming, those moldable silicone earplugs really keep her with her breath, with her force, with her flow. You know, so it blocks you. And you feel it, don't you? Like I do this thing in yoga, you know, the humming bee breath where you block your eyes and you block your fingers. And suddenly you go, even if you just speak like that, it's completely different. It's very inside, isn't it? It really helps you. I love that breath. I love that breath explain it to people properly mm. oh what that breath yeah because you press with your thumbs yeah. so you cover your well you don't have to cover your eyes if you've got an eye mask but you cover your eyes you block your ears with your thumbs and then you breathe in and then hum so you go mm. and just keep that going so in a class you just get a round of humming you know it just goes but it just blocks it blocks all your senses and if you hum for long enough you just you're not you're just somewhere else I love, that. I love that and actually you know when you said we're getting overexcited because we're remembering it yeah i those little flaps there you know that if you push them in they block oh, everything. Yeah. Yeah. all my labors i used i didn't do what you did but it was obviously a version without realizing yeah. i press whenever i do it whenever i'm focus yeah. on anything I, I just press my thumbs on those flaps that they're sort of god given aren't they and you press yeah. them in and you could be anywhere and you're safe you just go and i i did it like this in my labors i do the same i press press and i visor like that mm. and i it's like studying for an exam mm. <laughs> i go go right inside i love oh. that i like that visor that's creative field yeah but it's like, like it's like going swimming underwater isn't it you just you've shut everything out you're in a different place that's why I love swimming and not going underwater because everything is just muted and kind of softened. And it's and as you said, um, hypnobirthing is amazing for this. I mean, amazing. You know, mm. it's a fantastic tool, mm. not just for relaxation, but this stuff. It's it's an instant blocker. I'm sure it's helped so many many people through this transfer in. And then once you are in hospital, it helps you to stay with your flow. It's a, yeah. a, um, a very powerful tool for that. Yeah. Um, also, what more traditionally pre-hypnobirthing people would have said just deep slow breathing listen to the sound of your breath count your breath so as you leave um also the things that you these, these are the st- sort of structural things you need to aid you but also your body wants continuity so whatever was helping you at home needs to come with you so i'm a massive fan of a mini hot water bottle now that will be your friend all through those room one times when you can just put this in your knickers and carry on making a cake or sorting photos or going for your walk even, you know, that's what I like a tens machine, but it, you know, people don't go for a walk with wires on their back. They don't, it's somehow tens is, I think it's better a little bit further on when it's, mm. you are going to use a tens machine when it's really much more obviously becoming room two. I know they say you have it early, but I think this does just as good and it's super soothing the warmth in your back or just holding it like that when it comes to the bigger stuff you are hot and you are but this will still be of aid at certain parts of you so maybe in your lower back even between your legs it's just really comforting a hot water bottle and like you say again it's all about this pacing like i remember with my second labor as well 
I wanted all my tools kind of set out in front of me. That's how I saw them. So I didn't want to reach for my first tool until I absolutely had to, so that I was already way into it. And then I had just my first tool, and then I had all these little things I could reach for that I never ran out of something. Birth pools being a, a, a good trump card for that. I mean, not everyone might get access to them at the moment, so it's difficult. But yeah. there's always a shower, actually. Any yeah. water will feel amazing. Yeah. I just say this, of course, needs a cover. You have to have a cover because you won't be so aware of it being too hot. Um, yeah. That's that. So, you, so say this has been soothing you at home. It will soothe you on the journey, and it will soothe you when you get to hospital. Mm. So, partners go and get it refilled at the TN. you know, keep the mother's continuity of comfort. Yeah. So that's that. Then, as you know, I'm a long term, because of my own babies, it was the thing that got me through, you know, of, of, of lavender oil on a cloth. So yeah. a big square of handkerchief or a big square of headscarf, um, just for the purposes of now. People often think, actually, I realise, often think I need, we mean at, uh, have an atomizer or they put it in the air and I, I always think there's a bit if you start feeling sick you can't get rid of it so yeah. it's much more when we say it's use lavender it's as a, I want to use it as a painkiller you know it's not about oh it's quite a pretty smell in labor people must know this is an analgesic and if you directly do it by and you put a couple of drops mm -hmm. it's strong and then you rub it like this and then again, it's the rituals. You've got the humming bee. You've got the you've got your movement. You've got your breath. Mm -hmm. I remember with my babies, I would go here. It comes. It's starting to build. Over my mouth, and, and I, it looks a bit chloroformy. But the point is, it's unbelievable. It literally oh, wow. comes you down. Yeah. And it's lavender is calming, but it has. It's quite cumulative, so it might. Mm -hmm. You have to do a few contractions to start feeling the benefit, and it starts relaxing your thoughts relaxes your face it also fills the room and does relax everyone in it so and it's, here, it's yeah. sensory isn't it i see the women like i see who use it the cloth becomes a real kind of anchor a real sensory anchor it's like something physical and again it's yours it's completely in your hands in your control you bring it to you when you need it i would say it's like dumbo's feather do you remember it's like it becomes the ritual itself and the thing itself is I this is what I do when it comes contraction comes it's it's back to what we said in the first one rhythm ritual relaxation so there's the ritual of doing it the rhythm of doing it helps you relax it's like and it just you just don't let go of it it's your comfort blanket and um you can then switch to frankincense when it gets really boofy you know that's the thing to say as well about room two is there's no denying as well as that a really you know a noticeable ingredient is that the, the contractions have immense force um i think in britain we, we usually say oh yeah labor is labor contractions are gentle strong intense and when i was in germany living in germany the midwives there they say strong intense extreme and i think it's important to say that i mean i don't think intense covers it you know and that's not you know you've heard how excited we are <laughs> and how i do it again like that so it's still, extreme is a difficult word but i think that is a good word because it's saying it's a force it's a power it's the gift it's the privilege there's no denying it it does cost you it's not conscious courage but it's about yes you know i i i need to give these power of these contractions to my baby and i will and it's also saying when they're big you are safe 
because if we if they get so big we think this is more than i expected suddenly the fear sets in again it's like no the bigger the better you know and i think it's to say that birth shouldn't hurt and all that and that there shouldn't be pain they're sure there shouldn't be is suffering and what there shouldn't be is any sense of injury or trauma but there is bloody hard work and it's it's a kind of power that is that is that, that, huge but as you always say never huger than you mm-hmm. so if you if you um like we often use the wave analogy no if you if that big wave's coming and you start kicking the wave doesn't work against you you rise up and over and you 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 know we all have that feeling of swimming with a wave and it it, it feels the it lifts you you move over with it and then it comes out and you're practically on the beach aren't you and it's hilarious if you don't and you start going like that and you're like, it's really awful, you can go under and it feels, and you haven't, and don't forget when you don't know a wave's coming and you let it hit in the back of your neck, it, it goes over you that you start to choke. And that's a bit like what we were saying earlier. If you go in unadapted to hospital and, the, and then the contractions start getting really powerful and you aren't ready, you are now going to look out of yourself for help. And like, and that is the truth is that, I don't mean people don't mean to be this. The system is stressed, and they, they they do the midwives are amazing and will be kind and and solicitous in every way, but they don't know you, and it's 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 a bit of a lottery of how that person can connect with what you need in that moment. And if you go, oh, I just I feel like what can I do? Oh, and then they say it's okay, breathe it through. You have to really believe them that they know what they're talking about, and you might not. I know that it's no criticism of midwives because it was such a hard job to suddenly hit the ground running with a completely new woman every time but therefore the job is yours and you have to come into yourself and know you are resourced and that your midwife is there to keep your safety she will keep you safe but she might not be in a position to keep you soothed so your lavender your hot water bottle partner with the pan maybe you might like pressure on your back you might like a sh- there's so many things you can do but we're slightly racing forward so we've got in the car haven't we let's go back we've got in the car you've kept your focus you've got your shawl you're, you're totally inside your breath mm-hmm. and those noises as we said earlier are going to start to be deepening so you've got to hospital think through wherever you're going it's worth ha- you can't do a recce now so that's a bit annoying but you know presumably you might have known from former maternity appointments where the birth where the birth central labor ward is and don't forget do not be frog marched or frog march yourself to labor ward in a i've got to get their way your body needs to be supported not disturbed and to keep being helped to flow it's not going to take kindly to you trying to stumble through a contraction just to get to the lift so you know 100 percent now every couple of minutes a wave a strong wave enough that you're going to need to lean on something or get on your knees pillow so that you can lean on your knees or uh have something i mean i'm a massive fan of a bolster actually have bolster yoga bolster you can fall anywhere you can hug it you know i love a bolster um yeah yeah well, it's a mini one that's a mini one i love it and you grab it you hold it you can be safe you can put your head on it as well yeah, i think they're amazing I, I, I'm my husband's making some actually because I, I love, um, and so work to the contractions, not to the goal of getting in. You know the contractions coming. You need to see there's going to be a wall to lean. You lean, you stop. It passes. You move on. You, so you're going to in my local hospital. That's at least three or four contractions to even to get to 
a lift actually and then you got to get to the ward and then you've got so don't go oh you know and that's like a nightmare Just take your time take yeah. your time you stop so it is got it's a, it's a, if you're going to hospital that is going to be a factor but with soothing comfort and protection it's entirely fine it's yeah. fine yeah. you know another simple one is you know um just turn into your partner's chest that's your mother friend doula or husband or whatever you you partner you you just use them to bury yourself into and sway they can hold you up which is another thing to say is you shouldn't have loads a lot of stuff gets taken in i think a rucksack is what's helpful and the notes and the bolster and then if you've managed to take your own car leave the bigger suitcases in the car if you've come by uber i don't know i just think that your partner's going to need two hands free to kind of you know that's going to be a bit something to think about and maybe talk to that to them about that what they shouldn't be is standing there with their hands on two suitcases looking at you you know you their job is to scoop you up then you'll go through i mean i think we'll sort of leave there the practicals but you get the idea that even in triage you're going to need to stay inside yourself breathe deeply slowly sound your breath lavender or frankincense even actually another fact I actually am a fan of orange as you go in, orange oil, mm. because it's very cheering, it's very humanising, it's very warming, mm. and it these, that feeling of the, st- the sterile setting you've now hit, which your body will kind of go a bit like, oh, this is unfamiliar, this is new. Something very um, domestic. Orange is very... It's just it's love. Um, and yeah. It's nature, it's, it's love. It's happy, it's cheering, it's labour, it's, labor. it's life, it's love, it's nature, spring, whatever. You know, it's like lovely. And it's also, in terms of yoga, it's the colour of the sacral chakra, which is all about trust and letting go. So very oh, good okay. in that sense as well. I wish I could let it, can you all smell it? I know, I love this. I wear it every day. I wear orange and lavender. Yeah. Love no, so, so maybe that's even a way to do it as you travel in. Mm. Maybe that's a, that's a good idea. Yeah. There and there. Lavender or orange? <laughs> Take it. Yeah, good idea though. Like you know, it's you've got it. It's you. It's your wrist. You can yeah. put the oil there. Um, and then once you know, trust that your caregivers. I think people maybe would be worried about what will I find when I get there with the corona thing. You know that you will have an, a midwife. You will have a safe space to give birth in. That that you know it will be there. The bit that you can do to control, film even more certainty is these things: the continuity of comfort. Don't let yourself be disturbed. Hypnobirthing will help you, your affirmations, your visualizations. Um, and, um, and your breath, always your breath. breath the breath. The if breath. They can, I mean, if you can find that sort of internal sort of guide to keep almost noticing for yourself, oh, my breath has changed, you know, just trying. Your mind's going to wander. You're going to, you know, that's going to happen. But keep thinking. I've just, I always say to my women, just find it find your breath because you know they can get a bit but you can find it sometimes you feel like you can't but you can and you just have to talk yourself into it and go and also exactly exactly and what we know really and that gives you a rhythmic flow as well that helps you ground because you're like oh now I'm with my breath I'm not with my sensations so much I'm just with my breath and that will guide me to the rest and then like you say there's a rest so you can rest <laughs> in between. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think every doula will say this, and I'm sure we've both had countless examples. People sometimes think, am I up to it? Am I a coper? Will I manage? Mm-hmm. And years ago, God, two years into doulaing, 
I was still at that stage. I remember I would turn up at somebody's house and they're in room one, early labour, and they might be tearful and not coping. And I stupidly would think, oh dear, like how, if they can't cope now, what's going to happen? And you know, you just have no clue when you're starting out. And then as you get experience, you realise, like we've said, that's just because they're letting their stuff out. Once they're in the bigger place, once their body's taken over, the most extraordinary things happen. And I'm sure you've seen this, where the deeper they go, you watch partners, don't we? I'm sure you've seen this. And the noises become boomier and the pressure becomes clear and the baby's starting to really come. And the mothers are like, I was with this woman once, I call her Lucas Aid woman. And she, she was very well-spoken, very ladylike. Very, she's really sort of put together, you know, and she was going, wow, that, right? And the husband was like, I could see him totally freaked, right? And she was in this birth pool and she was just in this dark, I love St. Thomas, there's some really good darkness there and there's a pool and dark and we were just absolutely lost in it, right? And he was sort of sitting on the side and she was like, not a care in the world. And how we knew that was because she went, wow, and then she went, have a lucasade please and i always i always remember him going with the lucasade like passing have a lucasade because she and then he was like wow now she wasn't sort of engaging with him she didn't go thanks love can i have that she just was on autumn automatic she had autopilot running he knew very well she wanted to drink and they said women are very clear what it proved to him is she wasn't bothered it was she was her body was unconcerned so she was unconcerned did it look like that no if you get everybody who had i think it's hard being in the room if you've not felt labor to really really deeply let go you see some amazing um midwives who get it it might not have experienced labor themselves and they get it because they've had it so many times but i think for someone who's not seen it before it's difficult to not think that's really hard but pause partners see is help required I was at a birth recently where the dad kept him getting up, down, up, down, up, down, even though we said, just rest, it's fine. He just, but she needs me, she needs me. You know, just ask yourself, does she? She might, one lovely thing to do when it gets very gusty is to provide, do this and provide two roped, you know, forearms for her to hold this. Hands become quite complicated in labour because fingers are complicated. Wrists can feel floppy, but here... And pulling back on it can feel like a tree to hold, yeah. And so, if you if people help, offer to help. Think of it: you're not saving them, you're not rescuing them. You do not need to bat down their noises. You don't need to bat down what might look to you like distress. And how you can check in is if she really was becoming like, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. How how do we know as doulas? Because they keep saying that, and they look up and out at you, and they really say, please, and you and you know. But a woman in labour doesn't do that. In a labour that's working, where she can feel her baby coming and she's well prepared and well resourced, notice the space when the sounds have gone. Notice the space when the pressure has gone. She will often just go into abeyance. She'll go into a slightly sedated state. She will not be going, help me! She won't. Uh, you know, I, I mean, and if she is, then that's a different thing, and that will be to do with position, or she's been going on too long, and that's suffering, and that shouldn't happen. And there's every good reason to have an epidural in those sort of situations. But in an ordinary labour, where the woman is feeling more than more, more than more, more, always check that if you are a supporter, that she, she might not need anything. And for those of you who are fearful at all of maybe 
what partners will be allowed in or not or midwife who will what midwife will I find this is how you will feel you will feel interiorly resourced your baby will give you what you need you need your ba- your body will give you what you need when you feel that momentum if your baby is moving down and out you will be lifted up and on it so you don't need to fear who will be there for me you don't need to fear like what's the hospital like it's all inside you if flow and when flow is in process it's such an internal process and i think it's just what you say about people talk about it from a looking perspective and not from the inside out and you know vocalization that kind of roaring and stuff it's so misunderstood because i've heard loads of times even midwives say oh you're okay just find your breath and i'm like no, actually, this is helping. This is vocalization. This is working. You know, it's different, you know, high pitched or screaming or that's fear. But that earthy, grounded, rooting, like mother nature coming through you, like, yeah. <laughs> I remember it when, when I had Mabel and I, and Andy came to the door because I was in the bathroom at the time. I was alone for a lot of that labor through choice. <laughs> he just came to the bathroom door and went, Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, what? What was that noise? I didn't even know it come from me because it's so otherworldly. And I was like, ooh, that's fun. <laughs> what, what's that like? I know I've bored people with this sound, this, this anecdote. So forgive anybody who's, forgive me if, if people have heard this before. But exactly, I was in this birth pool, first baby. And I'm also kind of like this. I'm not very good at letting go in normal time. You know what I mean? Mm. And I heard this mighty strange guttural thing going on I mean like a moo and I must have opened my eyes and my my husband was sitting on this bed sofa opposite in the hospital and he was kind of he went like this like because I'm not even like that normally I mean I'm not kind of like I'm not very um I don't get drunk easily I'm not a laugh in that way I don't kind of whoa you know I'm not like party I'm just and now I looked really a bit like whoa and I saw his I woke I must have woken up that's the only point I remember pain Mm. it was the only time I remember what you would call I don't like this Mm. and the midwife said to Danny told me after that she told him to get some toast and go out of the room and got some tea and toast and when he came back she got him to come behind me I must by now have closed my eyes I don't remember another thing and the baby came about an hour later and it was that moment of being made conscious of my noises is what was hard so if somebody jumps in to rescue you and says it's okay it's okay calm calm just breathe. and my other hated phrase which i i know that this is a bit mean but i'm gonna say it um can we just all of us as birth partners so for par- parents as a partners doulas midwives doctors all of us need and i'm also guilty of this i have done this i'm you know even till recently it's so easy to get into the habit of um, what you just said, like, it's okay, that's fine, you're fine, amazing, that's amazing, amazing. The sort of false reassurance that hasn't been required or requested, um, or breathe it through, breathe it through, when nobody's, the the woman hasn't looked up and out, she hasn't asked for it, we're doing it for ourselves half the time. You know what I mean? That needs to do something. Yeah, and and it's sort of, it's like, I'm so, look at me, I'm so soothing for you. No, you're not, you're not soothing for, you know, it's, 
I have to sit on my hands and I have to do this because I, I do have a tendency to overdo. And, um, and I have to come back to myself. And when I have laid on the floor and just allowed it to roll through me, the births, oh my God, they're so much easier, simpler, quicker, more efficient, economy, and all fronts, rather than that, I'm going to keep massaging you. Or, um, you know, and, and when I hear that, the most dislocating and disrupting support phrases are when somebody to the other side of the room, whether it's a partner or a midwife or a doula going, you know, something like, you know, breathe it through or it's okay. Don't you worry. When basically avoid any cliche. Why do we have to avoid cliche? Because cliche, the brain will jump on in two seconds flat and go, what? Like the, the mother comes up and out of herself because she knows she's being, she knows that person isn't really just concentrating on protecting. It's, it's like, it's like a, it's too of present tense here and now it's too cliche is a, it's also, a, it's there's a, no trust with it, is there? They're, they're not trusting it. The rational brain, the rational brain will jump on it. Do you yeah. see what I mean? Because she's like, you don't mean that. In her, in, in, do you know what I mean? I can see it when I've done it. They kind of know it's a bit rote, you know, R-O-T. Like, it's yeah, too yeah. rote. It, the only time words help is when they're meant from your heart. You know, and it's worth saying. I always say to partners, far from doing all sort of usual coachy phrases, some of the best birth support I've seen from partners is when they're just a sconce and just say, Oh my God, you're so beautiful. You know, you are so beautiful. I've seen dads do that. And the babies just come, you know, the, the contractions become in them instantly. The woman laughs. She even comes too for it. Doesn't matter because her oxytocin goes through the roof. Cause the, what is the dad doing in that moment when he just is like that? You are so gorgeous. Oh my God, you're giving birth to our baby. You are amazing. It, it it doesn't matter if he says it loudly. He doesn't need to whisper. Whispering can also be really annoying. He, what is he doing? He says, I know you know. I know you know what you're doing with our child. You are amazing. There's this one dad, um, Greek dad. I adore him. The most anxious dad I ever had. He literally practically put his wife under house arrest when she, before she went to labour because he was so frightened of it all. When we've had three babies now. <laughs> We three of us. And on the second one, I'll never forget what he did. She was sort of laboring in her bedroom. She was doing this. And then he came and whispered something. And he really buried in that kind of nice, I'm going to say it, sort of sexy way, like a kind of, he went right in. like, And he just said something to her. And he left the room. And it just started to come. The baby started to come. And afterwards, I said, what did he say to you? And he says, I've got everything sorted oh. and he'd met his the two-year-old her mother she was worried about her own mother her elderly mother was in the other room and she was kind of getting anxious and he just said everyone's fine I've got everything sorted but he did it in this right in her ear like it was a thought of her own like right and so that you could feel his breath the contractions went through the roof Oh, you know, because what was he, doing? he didn't need to rescue her. He wasn't. He he knew by the second child. He knew that his role was to protect the cave, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So he didn't need to rescue her from these noises or, or worry about her. He wasn't worried one bit. He knew that he just wanted to let her give her every chance to let go. Mm -hmm. Oh, I really remember that. It was like shivery, you know. Yeah, so I feel that now. It's like goosebumpy. But I think what you've really pointed out is like him saying something like that and then leaving. Women are 
like left to it in the best possible sense of they are just getting on with it and often really, really, really need to be left to it. And I think there's this misunderstanding that you need, you need like your internal resources, like we talked about, you need things there if you need them. But really women just want that space, safe space to be held so they can get on with it. So if you were going into hospital and it was you, you know, alone, you know, hubby had to leave you at maternity reception, say in, you know, that scenario, and you were escorted to a room with a lovely midwife, you would have almost the perfect situation because you could just get on with it in a mm. safe space with your midwife. And that would be fine, you know, because it would be all from you and your baby are working together anyway. You know, you made the lovely analogy earlier of swimming underwater. I always think that part is like when you, we all know most of us will have experience in swimming, even not deep sea, but like, you know, that feeling when you're absolutely alone, nobody can do anything other than you than, than be that. Yeah. <sighs> it's that internal where you can't communicate with another human being underwater you are here and you know you have your lungs and you have your power and you have your swim and that is you have to dive in swim it through you are just in your element literally up and over get in the way of that and people that disrupt you or the the setting disrupts you you then hover that's when transitional moments they do become too much because it means you can't release on and through and go down that water flume and just ride it. You are almost held in a terrible suspension because the contractions need to reach pitch point and they cannot reach pitch point if you don't go through it. So you yeah. just end up in this horrible state of not releasing. And that's when birth gets not nice. Yeah, no. and it's like I'm just thinking of it then as you're speaking of like an internal conversation. And if someone interrupts, you don't hear the answer. So you just get stuck. <laughs> until you find your own answer you need to hear your own answer that I can't do it I can't do it and you say to yourself you can but you've got to find you you've got to hear that answer you've got to have the space to hear your own answer um yeah so so management whether it's emotional support management or a doctor coming in at the wrong way it can well, actually, something much simpler than that, because if a doctor's come, it's because they probably need to. It's more, to my mind, it's being told dilation scores and things like that. They make a woman hover on and, and stall. You do not want to stall. I mean, I'm, I'm a massive fan. Also, what doesn't disrupt is just don't know the numbers. You know, if you want to have a vaginal examination, you're happy to. All you're really wanting to know is, are you changing? So you don't need to kind of be told a number because you could be three centimeters and have a baby as we've always we always say you know a couple of hours later you could be 10 centimeters and have a baby if you're disrupted it doesn't mean a thing you could have a baby five hours later so the numbers are irrelevant you don't want to get stuck like a record you know you need to keep it going and that the only person who can really secure that is yourself really um we should probably finish but i'm just thinking there was something else um we haven't mentioned is um the pressure sensations. I think that might be help, helpful for people. I, I support a lot of women who've had previous cesareans who haven't and or might have had an epidural at the end and they're sort of slightly fearful of those last sensations. And I sometimes get them over that with just a kind of um, a combination of slightly jokey, oh, I know what you feel type thing. Like, what's what doing the stock and trade, isn't it? That we have compassion, we know how they feel, but we're saying, you know, 
It's okay. Oh, I know. I, I always think it's like Miranda, remember Miranda in Call the Midwife when she had that, do you remember? And she said, she, I remember this woman in one of the episodes was like, oh, I just don't, I can't. And she, and Miranda goes, did it brilliantly. She went, oh, I know. She goes, it's a rotten business. And then she went, right, come on then, let's have a baby. You know, that was, it was like, and I think that I try to, sort of, in those moments when it does become so huge, sometimes I, and so I, I'll tell you a story that happened to me last summer on that hottest day of the year last summer was because someone in labor and she'd never felt that feeling and so I addressed it directly because she did go a bit like oh and what happens is, is that as the baby's coming down and round you are going to feel more and more pressure in your back and then your bottom and I don't think people talk enough about that it can feel quite bulgy and and um and like absurd like a sort mm-hmm. of, sort of stre- the stretch of that feels a lot some people some people seem to sell on through it i found it really like whoa and if you do feel like that some you almost need to be grabbed you know sort of go within yourself and going that's it my baby's coming because that's what it is it's not it's nothing wrong and i and i remember i happened to be standing on a staircase with her who we were about to go in and i said i know i know what you're feeling and she went oh and i said i know i said I did that. It's a rotten business phase because we don't want to all be fluffy about it. It is bloody hard. It's really hard. I said, Oh, I know. I know. I said, is it a bit bulgy? And she went, Oh, and then I went, it's going to pass. Don't worry. And she said, if I hadn't said that, she, she did start to feel it. And then she just said, I, she sort of understood because the next contraction, of course, it, it does feel different because it's moving quickly now. And you feel more of that. It is still kind of bulgy for quite a bit because the baby is literally stretching and opening you. But it passes. And it's so amazing when somebody says, yes, that's it. In your arms soon. And and, I mean, you don't even, shouldn't even really wake someone up with those comments. I didn't say that. But I mean, I would like you all, all women listening to this to know that when they're feeling those feelings that, as you said, are huge, don't recoil. Just release. You know, just whoa this is it's happening it's working i'm here you know i'm having because everybody wants to meet their baby you know and if you give way to that you know yeah. no have we kind of probably covered everything haven't we sorry we've put so. the other ones every time we get no i think we have so much to say don't we yeah but <laughs> i just hope this i hope this uploads because <laughs> it's a long one it might be two cups of tea this one but yeah. it'll be the best two cups of tea ever all right then we better say goodbye we'll probably think about the but anyway well we'll say goodbye and um yeah thanks so much for listening okay Bye. bye